the Vadim and Tfila. There's another interesting element to talk about. You know, it was Erev Rosh this week. And I'm sure everybody took the opportunity to say the Tfila Sashla, which was really a Tfila he composed that parents should say for one's children. The truth is, the Shla himself wasn't expecting his Tfila to be said once a year only on Rosh Chodesh Sivan. He writes there that a person should always accustom himself to davening for his children. It should be a regular thing. And uh, let's understand the to'elis, the purpose of a tefillah on behalf of one's children. And why is this a question? Why, can't, why, why would there be any question about the fact that one should daven for his, one's children? So really the basis of the question is like this. When it comes to physical things, and therefore it's Hashem deciding what He wants to do. Health, parnasa, happiness, hatzlacha. Then of course we can daven for somebody else. Because we're davening to Hashem, and Hashem makes a decision. And hopefully the fact that we're davening will add merit for that person, or add a factor in Hashem's decision. So of course we should daven, could daven for other people, and we should daven for other people. Because outfitters are effective. And this is even in the Mishnais, that if a person sees somebody else has a tzara, has some worry that they have, we should daven for them. Because the tefillahs of other people will alter the scales in Shemaim and it will change how Hashem judges that person. So that part of the tefillah sashla is understood and expected and we have no questions. But there's also the part of the tefillah sashla which refers to davening for one's children's decisions in Ruchnius. That they should go the right way, that they shouldn't make any mistakes and do any avarice. And now the question is, when it comes to davening for another person's Ruchnius, so what are we davening for? Why? Because as we know, Bechir is up to a person. Bechir is up to a person, and it's like the Gemara says, HaKol B'day Shemaim Chutzmir Shemaim. And if that's the case, it's the person who has to decide whether he's going to do the right thing or the wrong thing. And it's the person who has to make his decisions regarding the ruchness of his life. And if that's the case, what do we mean when we ask daven for somebody else? We're not expecting Hashem to take away that person's bechira. So when we daven for them, what are we adding, so to speak, by asking Hashem that they should make the right decisions? Now, let's explain. We're not asking the question about davening for your own ruchnias. There's no question there. That's Pashat. A person davening that he should be matzliach in his ruchnias, that he should do tshuva, that he should, do, that he should learn Torah and do mitzvahs, isn't a question because his tefillah is itself an expression of his, of his bechira. What a person davens for means that's something I would like and that's something I want. But like everything else, it needs to have And therefore, by expressing, this is my decision, and I'm asking Hashem to help me achieve that. The decision might be up to us, not the results. And therefore, if a person chooses, I would like to overcome my Yitzhahara. I would like to do a proper tshuva. I've expressed my Bechir. I can't affect the results of the Yitzhahara. And therefore... 
And therefore, the tefillah is, this is what I would like, Hashem, please help me. So we have no questions on that. That makes a lot of sense. But I can't be boicher. I can't exercise boicher on behalf of somebody else. And if that's the case, if that's the case, how does davening for somebody else's ruchnius work? What am I expecting my tefillah to bring about? Now let me first explain. This isn't a question on the shlo. It was just a starting point for this year. We do, in the nusach of the davening at Chazal gave us, we say this on a regular basis. For example, every day in Birks Torah, we say, Us and our descendants and our descendants' descendants should all be those who have reached the very high level of learning Torah Dishma. So there you have it. We're not just davening for ourselves. We're davening for the ruchnius of our descendants as well. And if you want another example, so we say, Ruchi asher alecho, leyomusha mipicho, umipizaracho, umipizarazaracho. The spirit which is on you won't leave you or your children or your grandchildren. So here also, we're davening not just for ourselves, but for future generations too. So we definitely see that the Psukim and the, and the Tfilah have such a Nusach. Which means there's definitely room to daven for the Ruchnis of one's children and even one's grandchildren and even future generations. We just need to explain it. How such a Tfilah works. So there are three different points I would like to bring up. The first one is a principle. Which the Gemara says, and the Gemara says that if a person learns Torah, and his children learn Torah, and his grandchildren learn Torah, three generations of the Chachamim, grandfather, father, son, so from then on, the Gemara says, the Torah the Torah returns to a place where it was welcomed. And the Gemara learns it from this Pasuk. Ruchi when you have you, your children, your grandchildren, then I won't leave Adoidam. Now what does such a Gemara mean? Does the Gemara mean that therefore the great-grandson is going to be born knowing Shas? Does the Gemara mean that therefore the great-grandson won't have to put effort into doing Chazara because they'll remember everything automatically? Of course not. Torah is never given as a gift. Not even after many more than three generations. And the person will only become a Talmud Chachim if he works on learning and revising and understanding by his mother. So what does it mean the Torah returns to its lodgings? Where is it going to return to its lodgings? It depends on what the person himself does. So there's a principle here which we learn from Rav Chaim in the inspiration of us, it's called Rechaim. And Rechaim Vedajna there points out that there's an interesting change between two Mishnais in the fifth parakin of us. The one Mishnah is talking about the ten generations from Nayak until Avram. And the next Mishnah is talking about the ten trials that Avram overcame. But there's a difference in the wording. 
The one Mishnah says, Asara Doris Minachadavra. And the next Mishnah says, Asara Nishainos Nisnasa Avram Avinu. There were ten tests that Avram Avinu was tested with. And Rukhayim Rajna points out that in the first Mishnah he's just referred to as Avram. And in the second Mishnah he's referred to as Avram Avinu. Why the difference? And here Rav Chaim explains to us a major yisad, a major principle. On the Pasuk in Mishlei, the Pasuk says, Hoyleich betumoy tzadik ashrei bonavacharov. Where a tzadik went in the path of perfection, his children after him are fortunate. And that means, says Rav Chaim that when a tzadik has achieved a certain level, when the tzaddik has worked hard to break a certain middle, so then what he's achieved, so to speak, becomes part of the DNA of spiritually of his children. Which means for them to do the same becomes easier. Because it's already embedded in them, the possible, the, the, that strength, that latent koach. And therefore when Avram withstood the tests that he did, it wasn't just that, that made Avram into a great man. It's therefore Avram molded Klai Yisrael with that latent potential for greatness. Because once he was willing to throw himself into, get thrown into the fire of Ur-Kastim uh, to sanctify Hashem's name, so that made the resilience part of the nature of Klai Yisrael to be most nefesh for Kiddush Hashem. And once Avram Avinu was prepared to give up everything he had in Choron to travel to Eretz Yisrael. So that embedded a love for Eretz Yisrael and Klai Yisrael too. And so to by each of the Nisiyanus he faced. Says Rechaim Velazhna, he was ten Nisiyanus, Avram overcame as Avram Avinu. In the context of Avram Avinu. In the context of our father because he bequeathed those spiritual achievements to us. And therefore, the same thing in the Gemara we mentioned previously. And that is the Torah which has been learned by three generations. It becomes, in, it becomes so to speak, part of the upbringing of the, of the next star. It's in their bloodstream. It's something which they've grown up with. And therefore it becomes easier for them to also become great in Torah. Not that they don't have to work. Not that it's going to come automatically. But, if they're going to put in their effort, it's going to be easier for them. Because they already have, so to speak, that latent connection, that latent strength which they've inherited from their ancestors. Just like for any of us, to be most nefesh is never easy. But, when we're willing to try, then we have the strength which is part of Klai Yisrael to make it easier. It's part of Klai Yisrael because that was the inheritance we got from Avraham Avinu. And therefore, the first level of how a person can influence the Ruchnis of his children, even before we get to Davili, the first level of how a person can influence the Ruchnis of his children is his achievements will make it easier for them. Something that he's worked hard to achieve doesn't mean his children won't have to try. They'll have to try. But the achievement will be easier. It's something which there already is a precedent. They're not breaking new grounds. 
they're following a path which has been laid before them. That's the first level. The second level, we also find by Avram Avinu. Hashem promised Avram, You'll die of old age, which is good, in a situation which is good. What was good? Say Chazal, that Esau didn't rebel in, in Avram Avinu's lifetime. Esau eventually did rebel. But Avram never saw that. When Avram died, Esau was still a tzaddik. Not because Esau was a tzaddik, he wasn't. But because of Avram Avinu's level. So he didn't deserve to see Esau becoming a Russian. And that's the second point. And that is, the level of the parents, in their schus, Hashem can protect their children so that they, the parents, don't suffer needlessly. Because like we see from Yitzchak, when again, Esau's wrongdoing was a moiris ruch, was a source of disappointment, a source of disillusionment for Yitzchak and Rivka. When a child does wrong, so for sure it's, uh, the parents are suffering from that as well. And therefore we see that there's a level that there's a level of, so to speak, a bracha Hashem gives the parents that in their schus, at least in their lifetimes, but in their schus, Hashem will protect their children. So they shouldn't suffer. And that's an extra element of what a person can daven for. If they're in the darga, they're davening that Hashem should protect their children from wrongdoing. Hashem should guide their children in the right direction. We asked beforehand. It's totally on a person's own bechira. That's for sure true. But if we're talking about what factors there are, why Hashem will maybe, so to speak, change what the level of the Nisoyen that the children are going to face is going to be, one of them will be the source of the parents. If the parents don't deserve the Agmas Nefesh of seeing the children do wrong, so then it doesn't mean the children are going to be big tzaddikim. Again, that's their Bechira. But it might change the Nisoyenus Hashem is going to bring them to face. And that's for sure something a person can have it for. Because that filler generates chus. And if the, in the chus of a person's tefillahs, so then that's something which they don't deserve to suffer. They've davened HaKadosh Baruch please don't give me the tsar of seeing my child become a Russian, of seeing my child do the wrong thing. And that's an answer Hashem can answer the parents for. If their tefillahs are heartfelt, if their tefillahs are accepted, so then HaKadosh Baruch can answer the parents and prevent the child from Nisyonis, which is going to fall in, because the parent doesn't deserve it. Once again, to achieve, we'll need the child's own effort. To achieve, we'll need the child's own effort. But the Siyata Dishmaya, which he'll get, can be in the source of his parents.
And therefore we've had many stories of G'daylim who say that their Hatzlacha was, their tears, their Tehillim, their Tfilis, whatever it's going to be. The concept here is that their Tfilis were a schus for them. And as a schus for them, HaKadosh Baruch protects their children. That's the second level. And then we're talking about, the, then we get to the third. There's another element how what the parents daven or do can influence their children without taking away the child's bakhir. And this is the aside which is well known, we just have to explain it in the context. And that is, while it's true that everybody has bakhir, and therefore while it's true that everybody decides for themselves where they're going to end up. And if it's going to be as a tzaddik or as a rasha, at the same time, not everybody begins the journey at the same place. And that's obvious. People come from different circumstances, from different backgrounds, from different homes, from different environments. And therefore, the starting point, the starting point of where they're going to be, their Bechiri is going to be challenged will be different from one person to the next. One can't compare a child who grew up in the shadow of a grandfather or a father who was a God will be Yisrael. In an atmosphere of Kedusha Vatayra, the starting point that they begin life with, to a Jew who grew up in a foreign country, surrounded by non-Jews, and who barely knew he was Jewish. That doesn't mean that either one of them doesn't have Bechira. But it means that the starting point from where the Bechira begins is very different. And now, what's the principle? Therefore, one can't influence the choices the child's are going to make completely. That's the child's bechir. Of course, as parents, we can provide an example. Of course, we can provide a chinuch. But that's not our tefillah. That's, our, so to speak, our responsibility to educate our children. But what we can ask for even though this is part of what the parents do as well, but what we can ask for is where the starting point of where they, of their journey is going to be. Because if they're starting at a place which is already uh, the default is somebody who's doing mitzvahs, learning Torah, living a life of Vedas Hashem. So once, people can always change, for better or for worse. But it's the starting point of being a tzaddik. Whereas somebody else whose starting point was an environment and a background which was very distant from the Torah, maybe even antithetical to Torah. So then by then the default position is living as a Russia. And therefore even if we can't influence the choices which a child is going to make, we can definitely influence, we can definitely influence the place where they're going to begin from and what, the, so to speak, the background to their choices is going to be. But I want to clarify one thing. And that is, it seems like we've confused two topics. The one is chinuch, which means what the parents need to do in order to educate their children. And by then we could talk about the home they provided, the upbringing that they they, they, they try to raise their children with 
the example that they provide that they showed in their own conduct and that provides a backdrop like we said and fitter it seems like these are two separate concepts and it seems like it's in order to provide so to speak the environment which is conducive to becoming over the Hashem depends on what the parents do which is 100% true so why is this a factor in answering the question how can parents daven for their children how can parents daven for their children that would be a question of how can parents provide a healthy home for their children or how can parents provide a, a, a role a, provide an example or as a role model for their children what's it going to do with tefillah So there's two answers to this. The one is more conceptual, the other unfortunately is very practical. Especially in today's world. The practical answer, we'll start with that one, is in today's world, as much as a parent tries to provide the role model and the setting and the example and the starting point where the children are going to are going to begin exercising their own Bechira and charting their own course, there's no guarantees. There's no guarantees. Between the teachers they'll be exposed to, the friends that they'll have, the neighbors, or any other of the many influences which are antithetical to Torah, but the child's going to confront, could definitely change what its starting point is going to be. And sometimes the parents are completely oblivious to this. They think that all their child knows is the world of the tense of shame, and they have no idea of their child's awareness or involvement in the, so to speak, the streets of Asaph. And therefore this is something which needs filler. It's something which needs filler because it's not necessarily Bechira. It needs fitter that the child who's still young and impressionable and not yet of the age where they can make their own decisions is shielded from influences which later could become negative influences. Is shielded from people who could give them a distorted idea of what they're meant to be. Is shielded from friends or from other connections to a world which will dis- distance them or distract them from a bonus session. That's beyond what the parents can do. The parents can provide the positive example. The parents can provide the background which is healthy and which is based on Torah values. But it needs tefillah. That Hashem will protect the child from negative influences which will offset that, which will undo that. And this is even before the child's Bechira. These will be unfortunate things which can sway a child when he later on gets the age of Bechir. That's unfortunately the practical reason why this understanding is also part of Tefillah. Especially in today's world. Where access to the very worst of what the Satan has to offer is not distant from anybody. That's one element. Why the starting point isn't just our effort, the starting point where Bechir, so to speak, emanates from 
is also based on Tvila. But there's a second point too. And that is the Hatzlacha, and this is the more conceptual idea, the Hatzlacha in all Bechira is Yatad Even after we've spoken about a person making the right choices, even after the person who wants to overcome the Yetzirah, if Hashem doesn't help him, he won't be able to. And therefore, Just like we said, for a person themselves, tefillah is an expression of Bechira. It's an expression of Hashem, this is what I would like to do. This is the path I want to lead, but I need your help. And if I'm davening. The same thing applies to one's children. If one's davening, Hashem, this is the path I would like to bring up my children on. This is the derech I want them to go. It's not necessarily a question of influencing their Bechira. That may come later. And maybe it needs them to daven for that. It's a question of being given the Siyat Deshmaya to bring them up the way that you want to. To be given the Siyat Deshmaya to raise them in the way which the parent wants them to be. So that their Bechira will start from the background of being a Tzadik. So that their Bechira will be based on an environment and an experience of going in the way of Hashem. No different to the person who he make, wants to make himself a tzaddik. The motivation is great, but it needs siyat ha to make it happen, and that needs tefillah to get that siyat ha Exactly in the same way, the goal or the ideals that one has for his children may be fantastic. But to make that happen, even as far as to, ma- to bring them to the point where they're now able to make the right decisions on their own, that needs Yatad Ishmael too. And therefore, when we're davening for our children, we're davening for the success of our chinuch. That our Kodesh Baruch should help us raise the children in the way that we want them to be raised. That when they get to the age of their adulthood and independence to, to go their own path, it's in the place where we want them to come to that place from. That needs Yad Dishmai. That's Yad Dishmai needs Tveda. And therefore, let's sum up. Yes, it's important. Parents should have from their children. The words of the Shla, Tamids, a person's diving should be for their children. And we ask the question. How does a person's davening affect another person? When we're talking about davening for their ruchnis. And that's some of the three points we spoke about. Number one. Because the parent's level becomes embedded in the children. Becomes second nature to them. Becomes part of their genetic spiritual code. And therefore, the parent's tefillah adds a dimension of tefillah into, so to speak, the, the what the child absorbs, just like Abraham's mysterious nefesh, just like three generations of Torah, and therefore, if we want our children to have that latent koyach, 
even that latent rotten. The parent's deepest drive also becomes part of the latent koch of the child. And therefore, if we really want our children to become great, and we daven for that, and we make it something which is a part of us, then it will become deep down a part of them too. It will need their Bechira to choose to do the right thing. But when they do choose right, it will be there to help them. Just like the child of the fourth door, who needs to put in his efforts to learn. But when he does, it will be that much easier for him to follow in the footsteps of his ancestors and become a Tamil Chacham. That's the first point. Our Tfilah builds whatever we're davening for into the genetic code of our children. The second thing, the second point we mentioned, and that is the schism of the parents protect their children because the parents don't deserve to suffer. And therefore, the tefillah of the parents, if Hashem accepts those tefillahs, in their schus, Hashem will protect their children too. Not just physically protect them. Just like the schus of the parents can protect their children from physical harm. Because the parents don't deserve the suffering of a sick or chas v'shalom losing a child. So same thing, the schosim of the parents can protect the child from spiritual harm. Because the parents don't deserve the agmas nefesh of seeing a child turn out a rasha. So davening helps because that increases the schosim of the parents. And lastly, the parents' job is to provide the background and the basis for where the child's going to begin his adult life, where the child's Bechir is going to start from. And yes, that takes our effort and our Chinuch to shape and to mold the starting point for our child's Bechir, but it takes the effort of too. Both that we should be successful in what we want to do, and that Hashem should protect the children from the influences which are going to work against what we want to achieve. And like every Siyat Adishmai, that needs to be. And that's why, for all these reasons, it helps our children tremendously, the fact that we're always davening for them. Not just for their Gashmis, but for their Ruchmis as well.